This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. All right. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Monsignor Schumacher. I'm happy to be your host. We're coming to you live from the Church of Corpus Christi in Bismarck, North Dakota. I am the pastor here. Father Mark Ani is my parochial vicar. We're going to have him on a little later as we stop uh, and, and, and pause again about uh, what this week means in this 4th of July week. I want to reflect just on the flag. The, the, the red in the flag is for bravery. We, we, learn, we learn that, I think, early on. Uh, white is for the hope that we have in this country. But remember the blue. When you see the blue, uh, the blue is the color of uh, uh, loyalty, uh, truth, and uh, heaven as well and reverence for God. It, it is a reminder that our country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, and, and it still is, even if it's not conspicuously uh, obvious uh, to, to us. It, it, even if it doesn't look like it, 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 it indeed is. Betsy Ross, we learn about her in the third grade, and uh, she sewed uh, uh, what is regarded as a first American flag. Other flags preceded hers, uh, but um, uh, had similar elements, but but not all. Remember, what did Ross do? Ross Ross is the one uh, that, for the first time, uh, put stars on the flag. Uh, they were in a circle, but albeit uh, she she put uh, stars on the flag, and we have uh, the red, white, and blue that we're about to see throughout our nation. Uh, today, tomorrow, love it. Fourth of July, it's on a Saturday. We'll take it. Uh, I think it's best on a Friday, but it is what it is. Leap year, push that off. Mike Kidrowski is with me in the studio here at uh, my office of the Church of Corpus Christi. Michael, good morning to you. And good morning to you, Monsignor. Good and show. Thank you. Thank you. It's going well. You got a set up here. It's cool in here. You got donuts for us. Uh, no coffee for some reason. We usually have that, but you know. Uh, well, we'll work on that, Monsignor. Like, like I said, you got to dedicate uh, the staff here. Like I said when I messed up the last break, nothing's perfect but heaven. <laughs> All right, Gene Nazars is my next guest. Gene Nazars is on Real Presence Live as we come up on five minutes past the hour. Uh, Jean is the uh, adoption case worker. We're going to have her on in a bit here uh, for Christian Adoption Services. But once again, I want you to remember to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, realpresenceradio, spelled out, dot com. Uh, A lot of content on there. You can listen to the programming from our local area. Uh, All the podcasts of the shows are on there. You can submit a prayer intention. And every now and then we have a session where we pray for the prayer intentions here. And uh, you can see, you know, announcements coming up and what's changed in, in, in the midst of uh, the pandemic or, or what have you. Um, visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, and you can see uh, a host of, of things there as we continue through this show. We're going to have Jean Nazars on. She's the adoption case worker for Christian Adoption Services. And uh, we're going to talk about joining together to help families in the community. I've had this topic of adoption on before uh, in, in one of my shows uh, in, in Dickinson. And uh, it, it's always great to continue to talk about uh, adoption services. Uh, and and how 
uh, joining together to help families in the community can, can work, work that out. Uh, I, I have uh, many parishioners that ask me about adoption services. Uh, it's not an easy road to tow, but uh, with, with uh, the interviews that we do here, we continue to bring here on Real Presence Live uh, new insights and uh, some, some new information that, that can help us with, with adoption services. It's not something that's, that's really, uh, it's really in the forefront with us, and I, we're, we're going to talk about that uh, coming up as well. Then later on, we're going to have Dr. Husingay uh, coming up on uh, about uh, 17, uh, 19 minutes past the hour. Dr. Husingay is going to talk about his new book on St. Matthew's Gospel, and he has uh, been instrumental in uh, the, the classes that I provide as Director of Continuing Education for Clergy uh, for the New Priests Workshops. He, uh, he's very instrumental uh, there. He's coming up a a as well. And then we're going uh, to talk about um, some other things, uh, including Father Mark Ani, as, as I said. So a lot of good things coming up uh, for the rest of the show here uh, on this 4th of July week. I like to talk about the 4th of July. I like the history of the 4th of July. I like, um, I, I, I like their, their conviction. And I, like, uh, and I like a lot of the speeches. Um, one of my favorites is that of, um, of uh, John Adams, probably the most heartfelt plea. And John Adams said this... In, in, in a speech, uh, some some call this the most influential speech in American history. This is part of a two-hour plea to uh, what were they going to do? Well, they they were going to commit treason number one to leave England. They were going to draft a Declaration of Independence, uh, and they were willing to sign their death warrant should they lose the war. And it was John Adams who said, all that I have, all that I am, and all that I hope in this life, I am now ready here to stake upon it, and I leave off as I began that live or die, survive or perish, I am for the declaration. That is two sentences of his two-hour plea, some calling it the most influential speech in American history he gave it on July 1st, 1776. Getting back to our interviews, Jean Nazars is now on the line. Jean, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. Welcome to Real Presence Live during this 4th of July week. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so, let's see here. I'm originally from St. Paul, Minnesota, but I now live in Bismarck with my husband, and our two children, and we're expecting our third. And I'm a social worker with Christian Adoption Services. So I work with adopted families and birth parents. So tell us about what you do. We, I, I spoke uh, uh, briefly about how joining together to help families in the community uh, makes the adoption services uh, really come to life and successful. Why is Christian Adoption Services, your Christian Adoption Services, uh, a partnering with Dakota Help Clinic. Is that true? Yes. Yep. So we're partnering with Dakota Help Clinic to be able to more effectively serve our communities and areas of need. So primarily what Christian Adoption Services does is we work with families that are looking to adopt a child into their home, usually infants, 
Um, but then we also work with birth parents and their child or choose parents for their child if they are unable to parent their own child. So There we go. And Dakota Hope works primarily with individuals that have um, experienced an unintended pregnancy or are facing hardship, those kinds of things. And so our missions really go hand in hand as helping our community. How long have you been involved with adoption services, Jean? Um, I have been here just over a year, and I love it. And so tell us um, how this partnership the, the, uh, of Christian Adoption Services partnering with Dakota Help Clinic, how will this benefit the people in our area? So really the main thing is just networking services that neither of us are able to provide. So for Christian Adoption Services, we don't provide that um, the hand-on clinic services. We have an RN that's on our staff, but we don't do those hands-on, you know, ultrasounds or pregnancy tests nearly as often. And then on the flip side, Dakota Hope doesn't focus a lot on being able to provide the social work aspect of counseling birth parents or being able to really go over everything really thoroughly and be able to provide the connection between adoptive families and birth parents. And so bringing us together is really helping to further serve those individuals to give them more options as well as educate them in their options. We're coming up on 12 minutes past the hour. My name is Monsignor the Church of Corpus. This is a show of... We appreciate all of our listeners. Jean Nazars is my guest and she is an adoption case worker for Christian Adoption Services. Jean, tell us, what does an adoption case worker do during the day? So all kinds of different things, but mainly lately just with everything with the coronavirus happening, um, I am still continuing to offer support to my adoptive families in the area. So those that you know are home study approved and ready to have a child placed in their home, um, but really, I do a lot of education also. So our society doesn't know a lot about what modern adoption looks like, um, open adoption versus closed adoption, those kinds of things. And so I go out into the community and I provide a lot of, provide a lot of hands-on education to help prepare people for being able to have positive conversation around adoption. Let's talk about it right now. Uh, what does modern adoption look like? Uh, that, that's You mentioned open adoption, closed adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for, for so many people, it's such a high mountain, they don't even know where to begin. But before we direct uh, people, uh, tell us what modern adoption looks like today. Yeah, so really, uh, over the last 40 years, we've seen a huge increase in what's considered open adoption, which means that an adoptee will actually know their birth parents. They'll have them involved in their lives or their biological parents, as well as their adoptive parents. Um, Another thing that's really changed is birth parents actually choose the home that their child will be raised in. So they choose their parents. They look at, okay, these are all the couples that are open and waiting for a child to be adopted into their home, and they actually get to pick who that is and who gets to raise them based off of 
you know, it might be values, it might be activities that they do, it might be things that they highlight that's unique about their relationship. And so that's a huge change in what modern adoption looks like, that there's this long-term relationship between the adoptee, the birth parents, and the adoptive family. This must take a lot of fear away, right, of saying goodbye to your child, never seeing your child again, wondering Mm -hmm. how your child is doing. Um, So there's more open adoptions now than closed? Yes, in the United States, about 80% of all adoptions now are open adoption or semi-open. And only about 20% are considered closed, and that's usually for a safety reason. So 80% of adoptions in the United States today are open adoptions. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so m- people are listening all over the upper Midwest. we got a big chunk of land here in our country. And somebody listening or somebody who knows someone who's listening wants children. And how uh, many are, are in the process already. I know many who are in the process already. Um, if someone is not in the adoption uh, processing right now, so to speak, or, or is and maybe needs to renew it, what should they do, Jean? So there's a lot of different avenues to take, but the first thing is to find it. So if you have not started the adoption process but you're interested in adopting, you need to contact an adoption agency. So our agency is licensed in Minnesota and North Dakota, and so that means that we are actually licensed to perform a home study to get you approved to actually adopt a child. If you're already in the process and you're working with an agency, then you contact your caseworker there and you work specifically with them. So tell us again, whom should they call? So they can call Christian Adoption Services. My direct contact number is 701-354-3992. Or you can always email me, and my email is really simple. It's just jean, J-E-A-N, at casfamily.org. Any final reflections you'd like to share, Jean? Just the the greatest blessing that anyone can give us is just to pray for our mission. Our mission is to bring together families that are Christ-centered and to have women and men choose life for their child. So please just pray for our waiting families and all those that are facing an unexpected or unintended pregnancy. 701-354-3992, that's your number? Yes. 701-354-3992. Kind of easy to remember. That is Jean mm-hmm. Nazar's number. She's an, an adoption caseworker for the Christian Adoption Services. Uh, tuck that number away or use it right now. Jean, thanks for being a guest on Real Presence Live. Of course. Thank you so much for Blessings on your work, and maybe I'll see you around Bismarck. Fantastic. Thank you. That was a, 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 I I, I like these interviews every now and then, the adoption theme uh, to keep that going, uh, to keep the hope going. And I mean, who knew? I just, I learned about adoption, open adoptions today, 80% of them. uh, That takes the fear away of saying goodbye forever. You can continue to be involved with your child's life. Why not? Up next, I'll be visiting with a local author and a friend of mine whose book on the Gospel of Matthew is becoming successful.
It's appealing to audiences everywhere. Uh, his name is Dr. Leroy Husingay from the University of Mary. He'll be with us by phone in just a moment as we come up on 19 minutes past the hour. I want to thank all of you for listening to Real Presence Live. And above all, you know that this is a listener-supported radio station. I want to thank all of you for your support. Without our listeners supporting us, we don't get government money. We don't get tax-based money. It'd be nice to have a mill levy for radio. Uh, we appreciate all of our listeners from Real Presence Live. We'll be back in just one moment. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Here's a special programming note. On Friday, we'll be close to celebrate the 4th of July. As we gather with family and friends this Independence Day weekend, we'll bring you some special programming. At 5 a.m. Central, we'll bring you the Sunrise Morning Show. This will be followed by Morning Glory at 6 and the Daily Mass at 7. At 9 a.m., it's the best of Real Presence Live. Finally, at 9 p.m., instead of the Mass, it'll be the Encore of Open Line. We hope you have a great 4th of July celebration. We have all lost someone to the reality of death, some more tragic than others. I'm Father Chris Alar. While grieving is a natural process, it helps if you know how to navigate your way through it. As my friend Sammy Wood says, you can never get over a tragic loss, but you can get through it. Come to know the stages of grief, which are acute, integrated, and complicated grief. Seek help whenever needed, either from a friend or especially from medical professionals. There is no shame in asking for help. Remember, Jesus accepted the help of his followers while bearing the weight of the cross on his way to Calvary. Don't go it alone. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Very good. Welcome back to Real Presence Live on your local Real Presence Radio Network, which is throughout the upper Midwest. I keep saying that because it's interesting and it's very inspiring to see how God's will has grown Real Presence Radio. And we're grateful for our listeners and we're grateful for um, we're grateful for the gift of the United States of America during this 4th of July week. Uh, I hope you're having a good week. If not, I hope it gets better. I know that there's a lot of loss. We always hold those uh, experiencing loss in our hearts, loss of loved ones, loss of employment, loss of hopes and dreams. We pray for all of you. And remember, you can submit your prayer requests as well on our website, realpresenceradio.com. So we have a few interviews left as we 
round uh, the corner, as I said, and we're coming up on 22 minutes past the hour in our second hour. Dr. Leroy Husingay from the University of Mary is my guest by phone. Dr. Husingay, good morning. Good morning. Uh, uh, first things first, um, how's the fishing? Well, when I get a chance to go, it's actually uh, pretty good, but, uh, you know, I've been pretty busy, so I don't get out as much as I'd like. Uh, well, we got to correct that, Leroy. This this is the time of year to get out there, and I, I know that you've always uh, mentioned your, your fishing every now and then. But more importantly, you probably don't have any time because you're becoming, again, a well-known author. Uh, let's dive into uh, your new book and the significance of what's called St. Matthew's Jesus. Um, first of all, for those who do not know you, I know you well. Dr. Husingay is a professor at the University of Mary. Uh, I, I ask him to present to our priests and the new priest workshops as director of continuing education for clergy in the Diocese of Bismarck. I have new priest workshops, which I formulate for five years. Father Mark, you're going you're to be in them. So, so the, the newly ordained... Uh, go to workshops for five years. Dr. Leroy Husingay is often one of my presenters every now and then on current Gospels as we preach. Uh, having said that, that you're from the University of Mary and an author and are very instrumental in the priest formation here in the Diocese of Bismarck, what else do we need to know about you? Well, I'm a native of North Dakota. Love uh, North Dakota and Western North Dakota in particular. Love working at New Mary. Beautiful wife, uh, Carrie, and three beautiful children, plus one in heaven. And uh, most of my life is either working for you, Mary, writing books, and the other half that is trying to get outside to fish and camp and hunt with my children. It, it, this is not your first book, is it? No. No, I had my dissertation published as a book, and then That's more right. recently, and of more interest, anybody listening would be uh, something called Loosing the Lion proclaiming the gospel of Mark, which I wrote to be um, help for preachers and for mouth goers who wanted to understand the gospel readings uh, during the year we study St. Mark's gospel, want to understand those better. And then I wrote the book on Matthew, Behold the Christ, proclaim, or Behold the, yeah, Behold the Christ, proclaiming the gospel of Matthew. Both have to do the same thing, to help preachers preach and help uh, clergy in the, excuse me, people in the pews you know, understand what's going on in the gospel uh, during year A more deeply. Uh, are your books available on Amazon? Where do they get them? Yeah, the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology online, the mouthful, but you could Google it. Uh, that's where you'd find the most road publishing. But they're also available on Amazon and uh, locally in Bismarck. There's a couple places like Mayo Pharmacy and the Rainbow Shop. Husingay, H-U-I-Z-E-N-G-A. That's how you spell Husingay if you want to Google that. H-U-I-Z-E-N-G-A. Uh, a, a great man. Let's get to work here. Uh, tell us about what inspired you to write now, what inspired you to write at this time about the Gospel of Matthew. Well, I think the Gospel of Matthew is, of course, all Scripture is always timely, but we live in an age that's what we call Gnostic, 
where people value feelings and the interior and the subjective, and they don't value the body or objective reality at all. And that sort of Gnosticism that privileges, you know, interior feelings, uh, that's what gives us some of the craziness you're seeing in the world right now on issues of sexuality, uh, other issues, issues of justice. And some people try to remake Jesus in that image. Is it the off and having the post that we should feel good about ourselves and this sort of thing, however we see fit, you know, to affirm us rather than save us? And the Gospel of Matthew is 180 degrees opposed to that. Jesus comes as the incarnate Son of God, teaches eternal, rock-solid, unchanging truths, founds a religion, right, with a ritual, the Eucharist at its core, and forms the Church to forth his teaching and his Eucharist into the world. And so I thought Matthew was rather timely because it cuts right against the spirit of our age. Dr. Husengay is my guest. Uh, he is calling in from Minnesota. If you can find a, a better place for reception or, or quit moving around, Leroy, I think that's going to help us out. You're coming across maybe not as strong as you can. We're talking about his new book of the Gospel of Matthew. And uh, say, by the way, uh, Dr. Husengay and I, have we've been working on an article now together. I kind of I had the idea. Then I, I think, is this going on 10 years? <laughs> Let's call it five. Okay, well, uh, uh, which which means these things take time to to formulate. Um, uh, what are what are some of the uh, other important points you address in your book? You, you you talked about its origination and importance. What what are the important points you would want us to remember from your your latest book on the Gospel of Matthew? Well, first of all, that. Jesus, who's the incarnate Son of God, God come to earth. The Jesus of Matthew, and indeed the Jesus of Christianity, is, is Jewish. And that might not seem like it matters 2,000 years after the fact to a, you know, a bunch of Catholics in the Dakotas or Minnesota or wherever, but um, it matters very much. Uh, because if you misunderstand Jesus, if you think he's something other than a Jew, you end up throwing out monotheism and you end up throwing out the Old Testament. And that's exactly what happened in a whole lot of scholarship and a whole lot of uh, Christianity in the 20th century, especially in Germany and Europe and America, too. So you got to keep Jesus rooted in Judaism for him to be Catholic. And the second thing about the Gospel, I suppose, is that uh, Jesus is actually Catholic. You know, it's kind of seems maybe like an anachronistic claim, but the only way to really fruitfully read the Gospel of Matthew is to read it with Catholic lenses. Jesus comes, and he teaches hardcore truths. Um, unless you forgive your brother from your heart, you know, the Father's going to punish you. Be perfect, because your Heavenly Father is perfect. Be married to your wives. There's no such thing as divorce. Uh, this is my body. This is my blood. You know, he institutes the Eucharist. It's a very Catholic gospel. You know, Protestants gravitate towards other gospels uh, for a reason. Uh, we just had uh, Matthew chapter 10. We're working our way through Matthew chapter 10 at Mass right now. And I, I highlighted that, you know, Matthew does not use the word hate in reference to father, mother, brother, sister, in dedication to Christ. Um, he uses the word love. It's Luke that uses the, that word hate. Can you explain why that is? 
Well, wherever in the Gospels Jesus says something that's really shocking, like, unless you hate your father and your mother, you know, you're not worthy of me. Or when he says in Matthew's Gospel, you know, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Um, you know, we have to take him seriously, but not literally, so to speak. He's speaking truth, but rhetoric tells him. Verbally, right? And you and I in conversation, really human beings, you know, we use more simile, figurative language, verbally. Right? Bust in your gut, you say, oh, you played me. Well, no, you weren't actually literally. The joke was just really. So too is verbally. Uh, Dr. Hughes, again, we're going to take. Matthew in particular wouldn't use hate instead of love. Uh, would use love instead of hate, and that with that parallel Luke. Um, it's Leroy, we're going to take a Matthew's break. Hyperbole has limits that Luke feels is a more Greco-Roman author comfortable breaking. Probably the best and shortest answer. We're we're coming up on a break. If you can stick with us, we're going to continue to talk about your your book, and uh, this is Real Presence Live. We'll be back with you in just one moment, and I'm visiting with you uh, re- with the Dr. Leroy Husingay, his new book entitled Behold the Christ Proclaiming the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to get back to that in just one moment. Don't go anywhere. 